Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. And this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And today is all about Meta. Kasim Aslam, my awesome co-host of Perpetual Traffic. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. You just came from the Meta the, so it's not the metaverse, right? You came from like the mothership. What what do we call the, it? The meta mothership. Meta mothership, meta mothership, which was did not include a trip into the metaverse. But the metaverse was magic. Yeah, yeah. There was a door that everyone goes through at Meta, and I, I just didn't. I just didn't go through. It was you know, it was sort of a long line. So I stayed out of the metaverse when I was at Meta, but I was at Are Meta. you being funny? Is there really a door? Like, is there like a metaverse? <laughs> there no? should be, actually. I don't know. It would make sense, right? They, they would have like a great big warehouse style basement type thing where you could actually like, you know, have the space to expand the metaverse. A hundred percent. Like, I never got to the basement of Meta. I was only in, I was only in one building and this building was like an aircraft hangar. It was so huge. It was, it was just m massive. I mean, it had to be, I don't know, like 10 Walmarts put together as far as square footage goes. So there's about 10 buildings, I think. They just keep adding more and more to the meta-verse uh, that's there. And this joke oh, is never going to get old. <laughs> uh, I know. It's just, just going to beat it into the ground. It's like, you know, these guys really aren't funny. I wish they'd just stop laughing at their own jokes. But no, it was it was tremendous. I had never actually been out there. I think I've been to every other U.S.-based now Meta headquarters, especially the one in, in Austin, because that's where the partner manager program is. But I was just I was blown away by how huge this thing is. So anyway, check out my uh, my Facebook for not friends on Facebook. There's a ton of pictures of it there. Well, maybe we'll leave some of these in the show notes as well. At least a link over to my Facebook. But I was just um, impressed with. It, the fact that I think there was about 10 restaurants, Kasim, in the building that we were in. And everyone was there. Like it, There had to be 10,000 employees, all with masks on, by the way, which was astounding to me. Like I had to have my vaccination card and people were freaked out when they went into the conference. Like, I don't think I have my vaccination card. There were people that were turned away. It was It was weird. I had no idea that that was actually going to be the case. So thank God I had it. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a tremendous experience and lots of outdoor spaces. Like there's an entire like forest in the middle of the camp, like in this one building, it was crazy. So, uh, like I said, check out the links in the show notes and, and, uh, see what it looks like. But I would imagine Google is sort of similar. Have you ever been to the Google uh, mothership? No. <laughs> I'm not very friendly with the Google people. <laughs> if a Google person is listening, I'm dying to go to Mountain View. Yeah. I want nothing more than to like, you know, maybe build a bridge and make some friends. I know mm. other agencies that are invited. 
I, you know, and I'm a, a dude, I'm a premier partner and I'm one of the few premier partners that has all five certifications. I've got yeah. 70 some odd million dollars under ads. Like I know that I, I, I belong there, Ralph. I right. deserve this. Yeah. Right. But every time I mean tweet Jenny Marvin, I think I get, I get put back on their <laughs> list. <laughs> well, you know, just the experience alone. I mean, I went through Mountain View to get to Meta and, um, I actually took a selfie in front of the Meta sign in the. Odd thing is, is the back of the meta sign is a, it was a Sun Microsystems sign. So it just shows you how fast tech changes. Like Sun Microsystems, like at the top of the market, like 20 years ago, like they were massive. Meta took over Sun Microsystems as far as their headquarters go. And that's how fast tech changes. So, and that's probably the reason why you're listening to this show to make sure that you're not left you know, on the sidewalk, like Sun Microsystems was. So literally like the meta sign everybody knows about, like on the back of it was the Sun Micro. It's like they flipped it around and just like put meta on the front, which is crazy. That's so funny that they, you think they'd be like a little, I don't know, like offer Sun a little more dignity than that. You know, like what would it have cost to just print a new sign? I mean, it's meta. Why couldn't you just yeah. knock the damn thing down and rebuild it? I don't know. But I yeah, thought that that's was the landlord, that money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That yeah. probably has nothing to do with. I know, know those commercial real estate fools. They'll do anything to save. Like, oh, it's forty five dollars. Yeah, forty five bucks. Yeah, we'll save yeah. that. That goes right to my bottom line. That forty five bucks. So uh, yeah, so it was a great conference. Uh, we'll be getting into some of the takeaways from that in today's show, and as well as uh, the future of what Meta is all about. Meta, as you are well aware from listening to this show here, is not dead by any means and they have lots of plans for the future which we'll get into in uh today's episode so in the meantime our friends over at uh, dm labs are still offering a pretty good deal for their certifications can you tell uh, their pt listeners all about that custom well first of all i just have to correct you ralph it's not a pretty good deal like this is insane this That's is true frustratingly good i i don't know if you remember these certifications were a thousand bucks a pop yeah. So it's twelve thousand dollars. It's twelve certifications, one of which I built with blood, mm -hmm. sweat, and tears. Twelve thousand dollars worth of certifications that you can get for a hundred bucks a month. It's ninety-five dollars a month if you go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash lab. And forgive me if I'm not happy for you, because I paid retail. Yeah, right. Ninety-five bucks a month. That's a pretty damn good deal. It's nice. Um so definitely check that out, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash lab. What is this week's nugget? I know you've got a pretty good one from a previous guest here on PT. So let's spill the beans here. Yeah. So you remember Adam Robinson? I do. The super spy? Yeah. So Adam was on. He we did an episode with Adam, and he has a product that at the time was called Get Emails. He's changed it to retention.com. And you know, as he's explaining it to us, the whole time I'm thinking there's no way this is legal. But it is. And he explained how and he explained why. And the short version is, is you add this little snippet of his code to your website. And then anybody who comes to your website, and not anybody, but a, a significant portion, I think he said he has about a 60% match rate, you get their email address, opt-in, yeah. yeah. in order to market to. Now, we can talk about the ethical impl implications of that later. But for us evil marketers, it's a, pre it's a pretty cool little tool. Um, the issue there is you still have to have traffic come to your website. So here's the hack. You ready, Ralph Burns? I am ready. You run an ad to a piece of content that would be violently compelling to your 
audience. You're not going for a conversion. And the example that I'll offer you is we run Google Ads. and we, we, Google Ads for Shopify is great because Shopify is such a, a strong Google Ads integration. And so I love Shopify stroners. And so you write a, an article um, about how Shopify functions in terms of its pricing tiers. And, and then you run an ad that says, can you get Shopify Plus free for life? There's a little bit of a bait and switch here, okay? So this is this is gray. It's gray hat, Ralph. Nobody judge mm-hmm. me. Um, Sounds a little bit. Run this ad. Can you get baity. Shopify? Sorry, a little clickbaity, but that's that's little, okay. Yeah. Well, super clickbait. That's the point. Is you want <clears> it to be, but you want something that would only attract your core avatar and maybe even repel people who are like, I don't care. I'm not on Shopify. What would that matter to me? So run ads. Can you get Shopify Plus free for life? And they click on the ad and they jump to this article and the article is 100% honest. And the article says, no, you can't. Shopify is very diligent with their pricing. There are no lifetime deals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I got everybody who's interested in Shopify Free for Life to jump onto this page. And if you add the retention.com snippet to this page, now I have their emails. And with their emails, now you can do a whole bunch of things. You know what I mean? There's obviously cold email outreach, which I think is hit or miss, but you know, you, you can do custom audiences and, um, targeting and, you know, there, there's there a lot of really sneaky and, you know, you can augment that data. So I don't know. I know it's evil, but I also think it's brilliant. What is the outcome of that? Or is it too early? It's a, it's a great strategy based upon what Adam talked to us about and, uh, you know, how their software actually works. But in, in, practice like have you seen those emails bear any fruit for it's too early to tell i've seen the emails land so i know the software can grab we're not an affiliate by the way so anybody who's listening to this like like perpetual traffic has no affiliation with this thing and if it didn't work i'd be the first one to tell you um but i've seen the emails drop and and they look real like when you go to school on it it's like okay this is a real person i can find their linkedin like you know they, they look to be applicable as an avatar um, but a, we haven't really reached critical mass to where I want to do heavy, heavy outreach and B, I, I'm still kind of afraid. I'm still kind of afraid as to the legal implications because it's just like, gosh, I, I know you say these are opt-in, but, um, right. so I need to get creative as to how I do my outreach. I don't think I'm going to go down the center of the lane. I think I'm going to approach this from the side door in so far as what? I don't want to do cold email outreach. I just don't want to spam people's inbox, even if I can get away with it. I've got a buddy, actually. Uh, he's a, a fellow member of War Room, and he got he got tagged, and he was sending off uh, emails, and I think he paid $11,000. Maybe don't quote me on that number, but but he ended up paying like one hundred fifty grand total, and I think it was $11,000 per email that they were able to prove wasn't an opt-in that he was sending to. Really? And so, yeah, like you know, just very, very toothy legislation backing cold outreach. Same thing for SMS, dude. Like if you get caught doing SMS outreach to a non-opt-in list, they just, they nail you to the wall. It's hard to get caught, but once you get caught, it's just the, the, the juice is not worth the squeeze at all. Right. Right. So take this, uh, take this tidbit, this nugget with uh, a bit of caution However, use at your own risk. <laughs> it's a it's a great strategy. I'd be interested to see how it actually plays out for you, dude. Uh, if you need to feed a sales team, I mean, really, if you're not going to cold email them, that's fine. But if you need to feed a, a sales team a list, and then they go out and do direct prospecting, 
mm -hmm. you know, because belly, belly to belly sales, I still think is, especially for high end anything, high ticket, SaaS, medical devices, whatever. This would be a great way to build a, a list of people that are interested that you're able to intrinsically qualify based off of whatever article you're sending them to with the clickbait ad you've, you've run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Well, it, we're big fans of his his software and the fact that uh, he's he's given you access that um, has allowed you to be able to test it here. So yeah. we'll, we'll have to have a follow-up nugget and see whether or not any of those convert or whether you're, you know, if you're if you're uh, if you're carted away by the EU or or yeah. any of the other uh, governing bodies, and you haven't appeared on perpetual traffic in a few weeks, people will know where you are and why. But uh, at the very least, and I assume this is just for you, the U.S. You're not doing this, and you're oh, blocking all the European countries. Yeah, yeah. The way that Adam explained it is, um, the U.S. is opt out legislation, and the EU is opt in legislation. So for the U.S., you have to proactively opt out of something like this. And for the EU, you have to proactively opt in for something like this. And so he, I, I don't think retention.com works anywhere outside of North America. Got it. Yeah. Just as a disclaimer for all of our uh, European folks, definitely do not uh, try this at home for sure. Yeah. But regardless of that, we've got a uh, some updates here on what's going on with Meta. We're going to be back dropping some bombs about uh, the three big things that were the takeaway from the Meta Performance Marketing Summit, which I attended last week, and uh, a lot of things about the future of Meta. And I think you'll be interested in that right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. By the way, did you know we're number 34 in Great Britain? I saw that on email. And 47 in the U.S. for marketing. Yeah, we can't seem to like crack the top 20, can we? We'll get there. I think we just got to be just consistent. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register 
for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Welcome back. I'm actually really excited for this discussion because I've been so curious as to how Meta is going to pivot. Because I know they have to, and I know they, you know they, there's kind of all these internal rumblings about just an insane amount of investment going on in, in various avenues. But I, you're the only person, Ralph, that I know that got to peek behind the Iron Curtain, if you will. So I'd love, I'm sure you're under like a really dangerous NDA and they'll, you know, put bamboo shoots down your fingernails if you tell us some of the like crazy secret stuff. But as much as you can expose, like give it, give it all to us. We want, we want the dirty secrets within the metaverse. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this was a invite only. It was, it was a, it was a larger conference than I actually thought it was going to be. It was the meta performance marketing summit something that they're going to be doing on a regular basis here just to kind of get people back from the pandemic. And it was just awesome to be around, first off, a bunch of agency owners. We had a dinner the first night, and then the second day was pretty much the all the the formal presentations. Uh, I think when you, you look at any of these, like you have to kind of separate out like what's like the company line and what's something that's actually really helpful and useful. Mm. So to fly all the way out to the West Coast to get, you know, three or four or five like chunks that you take back and you start using that's expensive you know what i mean but at the very least um you know we uh, i met a bunch of people that uh inside of meta that i had never met before and some leadership folks and i think it's just important just as a platform because obviously that's that we're still a largely you know 70 to 80 percent of what we do is is on the meta platforms so, you know, with, with Google and TikTok, uh, a close second and third, um, point is that I think anytime you have an opportunity to do something like this, uh, especially with our relationship, we've had a really good relationship with these guys. We're just grateful for that just to begin with through the partner manager program and having met like my boss's boss's boss, like that was worth it unto itself. So that makes a trip like this worth it. Hopefully you can get some kind of content out of it that you can then relay back to your team, which we certainly have done here. But um, it really seems to me, and I think just the the overall, like the sky is falling, that the outside world views Meta and Facebook, like everything's going bad for them ever since like Q4 of last year. And they came out with these earnings that the stock is tanked and Everyone's like, you know, the sky is falling with Facebook and Meta and they're losing to TikTok and they're they're just sort of iOS 14 caught them by surprise. And so one of the first speakers, John Justice, who was part of the performance marketing division, he, he came right out and he said, hey, listen, guys, like there's been a lot of pain in the industry in the past year or so. And but ad performance at the end of the day is what's most important. So they sort of laid out sort of a five-step plan as to what the future of meta advertising is. And some of which I agree with, some of which I don't agree with. But the point is, is like a lot of things have changed. So three of the big, the big shifts they see in the industry are, number one is ad campaign creation automation using AI. Mm. That's really cool. I think that was the coolest thing I saw. <laughs> we'll get to the tips and the takeaways, but they have this video, AI video and or image creator inside of Ads Manager, which they showed the entire group, like just a very short snippet. 
Hey guys, it's Kasim here, and I'm so sorry to be the doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a bit of a wake-up call for you. We've been talking a lot about how the iOS thing has advertisers flying blind, sprinkling in the rising cost of ads and supply chain issues. I think we have a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. And the bad news is, a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. The good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out even stronger. That's why it's important to focus on the things that you can control. Tighten up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, and do more testing. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. And I was like, that is freaking cool. So it's using AI to create actual video, and it looked real. I, I couldn't even tell the difference between, you know, what we would sort of do is like a creator video or something that's UGC or kind of lo-fi, and what they had created. It was pretty tremendous. So well, can it, I so can I ask you a question about that? Is it was it first of all was it a person or was it an animation? Did it look like a real human? It was it was a combination of animation plus a real person. And was the person real or was it a deep fake? It looked real, but it was probably a deep fake. There was Man, that blew, I've, so I've, I've seen something like that too, and it's terrifying yeah. that they can do that. And I wonder, do you know how much control you have over that avatar creation? Like, can you can you define gender, age, hair color, eye color, uh, or is it is it is that also AI driven? My understanding is that you can but they were very short on details yeah, yeah and you probably don't want to i bet you they've kind of have a mechanism built in there too that says like if you're going after this target you want this person we figured it out for you right shut up and let us do our job right i think that was more along the line this was something that was just briefly uh shown to us obviously it's in it's in beta but they said this is going to be released within the next three months which is typical what do you think that does for the agency like does that scare you at all where you're like, gosh, I have less to do, or is that better? Because now you, you get to focus on the, the actual strategy. You don't have to worry about like the nuts and bolts of creating creative. Oh, I would say it's better. I would say it's better. Will it, will it completely replace some of the other things that we're going to be talking about here, like UGC created content, lo-fi creator stuff? No, I don't think so. But this was just a, an augmentation to what you're already doing. Like if you have a creative agency or you have an ad agency that has a strong creative department, I'd count us as one of those. Uh, I think this is supplementary to that. And it's mm. just fascinating that it's pulled from the AI. It's it, like, once again, like we talk about Google Performance Max of 72 million data points that they have on every human on the planet. Well, that's great. Facebook has quite a few too. <laughs> so right. it's like, why wouldn't they come out with something like this? And I mean, the, the targeting and the demographics and the psychographics inside of Facebook ads are still really good. Were they as precise and as exact as they were two, three years ago? No, but it's still leaps and bounds ahead of what we had 10 years ago. So the, the point is, is like, why not leverage that AI, which is getting smarter every single day to actually help with your creative and test these things out maybe you test them in a separate campaign separate ad sets you just have an ai generated campaign versus uh, business as usual which is kind of what they had discussed um there's going to be a lot of different ways in which to potentially test this the image creation was also really cool 
And it's based upon your success and conversion. My understanding is that it, it can only be run after you've had campaigns live for some time and you're reaching a specific metric. And then that metric is then drives the AI and drives the, the creative generation. And it was just really That would make cool. sense. It's like, hey, we can only make recommendations once we've seen what works. If I don't know what's working. So it's not a predictive tool per se. It's going to capitalize on previous success, Correct. identify common denominators, and start punching out creative based off of those common denominators. Correct. Yeah. Can you export this creative? Like, could, can you have the videos and the images independent of Facebook? Or are they only good inside of the Facebook dashboard? It seemed like you could. Dude, that's nuts. Imagine yeah. being able to, to, because Google doesn't have this yet. Right. I mean, they have video creation inside of the uh, um, ad manager, but it's not great. So like, if you could produce the creative in Facebook, figure out what works, because Facebook is way better at split testing than Google is. I think it's because it's, you know, there's, there's ways to make it a little bit more linear. Mm -hmm. And so you figure out what works and then you take your creative and you pump it into Google. Um, Facebook comes your sandbox and then you use Google to scale the creative. Like talk about a phenomenal one, two punch. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking as well. It's like, why? And I think I texted you when I saw it. I was like, dude, you would love this. Um, just because I, th I thought it was just so cool. And I, I know there's a lot of companies that are working on this kind of thing and I've certainly seen a few, but I've, I hadn't seen anything quite like this before. So it was not the focus of the conference. I will say that. Well, let's keep in mind, like Facebook isn't that this was not the, the the goal of getting all these performance marketers together. The goal was really to sort of to speak the meta agenda to a certain degree, which is fine. You know, like you expect that, right? But little yeah. snippets of what's coming. There was also some snippets about the metaverse and how that could you know, is directly related to this type of AI-generated creative. It was a little bit of that sort of at the end, but most of it was was pretty tactical as far as like, hey, here's what's working right now inside performance marketing, and these are the takeaways and the things that you should start doing as a agency, as a larger brand. Basically, everybody here was doing performance marketing. I met a, a bunch of other companies that, you know, they had their media buyers there. And uh, so it was all about results at the end of the day. This was just a little bit of a glimpse into the future, which was pretty freaking cool. No, that's super cool. And, you know, you mentioned other companies trying to pull this off. Here's, here's the issue with that. And we've seen this only a trillion times. Right. Small organization comes in, has a phenomenal idea, <laughs> uh, and either bootstrapped or even, you know, you can go get peg money, right? You, you could have $100 million sure. to invest in this type of an idea. But the minute a Facebook or a Google sees it and thinks to themselves like, oh, smart kids, good job, right. you'll never outrun them because they can just throw a trillion dollars at it. And maybe even more than the money, they've got this army of like Stanford dropouts that are just the smartest humans in the world and can in the, you know replicate and then improve upon whatever you've created faster than you can say go to market. So when Facebook puts something like this out, I assume they stole it from somebody else, right. but they've been, you know, they've made it better. Right. So uh, I and I like using anything native that's given to us like this. I like using the native thing because I've always it's a conspiracy theory, but I've always felt like Facebook and Google both kind of prioritize your ads when you're when you're following the rules. And sometimes you can't afford to follow the rules, and it just is what it is. Yep. Um, but I can see where Facebook algorithmically would would favor somebody using the Facebook generated media because it's so self fulfilling, mm. self serving is the better term for sure. Yeah. And I, I do think that we have certainly seen that. And there's a, a couple of different takeaways from the conference here is that there are still 
there are still things that they want uh, advertisers to do. I mean, there's always this, this power five, which we have talked about in the past. And I think if you're in, and now for agencies and even for for individual businesses that are, whether or not they're in the partner manager program, which which we're in as a premium partner, uh, or if it's just a director response company, like, you know, I talked to some guys from Live Nation, for example, like they have regular calls with Meta and this performance five, which I'll get into, they'll, they're now measuring that based upon a scorecard. We've always sort of had this in the past, like our partner manager will go through this and, and that's okay. Like, absolutely. We'll test everything that comes out. We'll try it see if it works. At the end of the day, we're performance marketers and our customers hire us to produce results, to acquire customers and then enhance their long-term value. And if something from Meta doesn't help with that, then we'll at least test it. We might not adopt it into what we do every single day, but we'll at least test it. So back to your point, I think the more you're following the playbook by Meta, I think the better and more advantageous potentially the results could be and I think something like this AI generated creative would definitely be a part of that for sure. Mm. So uh, speaking of the performance five, this was a, this was a biggie. Um, this was sort of, it was reiterated over and over again here. And I think this is really the sort of the big five takeaways from the conference itself. And there is follows. And then they created, like I said, there is a, there is a checklist. There is a scorecard that's going to come along with this. And I'm sure we'll probably see it on our partner manager calls. And if you're an advertiser on, on Facebook and have an account rep, you'll probably see it as well. But the performance five goals are as follows. First off is account simplification. Number two is creators. And we'll get into the importance of that. Number three is creative diversification. Number four is conversions API quality check. And then number five is business results validation. So each one of these were, were the theme that all the speakers sort of kept coming back to. And um, we can go through each one individually if you want. No, I think we should. You know, it's, I th- you have to know Meta's agenda, agree or disagree, because, I mean, if we want to play into their sand pit, you have to know the rules. So first of all, Ralph, I appreciate you sharing all that with us because I know some of that is a little bit of a secret sauce, but it's cool. It's cool to be able to see somebody who can go to the mothership and then report back. And I also think it's cool to see just how scrappy Meta is getting, um, which is good for all of us because, you know, it's already a monopolistic environment and um, the more competition, the better. And it sounds like they're getting pretty competitive. So uh, if you're listening, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating wherever you happen to be listening. And we want to be the number one marketing podcast on the planet. So let us know what we can do better. You can go to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better to fill out our anonymous survey. Make sure to follow both Ralph and I on Twitter. He's at Ralph HB. I'm at Kasim Aslam. Uh, go back and listen to previous episodes. All the resources that we discussed today are going to be in the show notes at perpetualtraffic.com. And uh, on behalf of my co-host and myself, peace. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 